episode 142. This week on the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast, we have the much-anticipated Internet Marketing Fortune Cookie. All right. We also talk about all my crazy products and some things about marketing that I've been reminded about from work on my Shopify store. All this and more on the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast. The Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast. You've been working for somebody else, but you want a business to run yourself. You want to know how to start, where to begin. Can you get out your comfort zone, my friend? Broadcasting late at night from a little studio in the big state of Texas, your host, Mark Mason. Hey, 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 how's everyone doing today? We are coming to you from the mobile studio in Dallas today. It has been an absolutely crazy week, and if this is your first time ever listening to the show, this is not my normal audio quality right now. I'm in a traffic jam in the middle of Plano, Texas, on my way to my day job. It has been a crazy week. It's the end of school, all kinds of stuff going on with that. Plus, my middle daughter is graduating from high school today. Lots of stuff going on around that, including a party tonight. And well, just quite frankly, no time to record in the studio. But I didn't want to miss this opportunity to talk to you this week. And so I'm recording in the car, on the road, in traffic, using my relatively high-end Rode condenser mic connected to my iPhone using a podcasting app for the iPhone called Boss Jock. Now, if you listen to me every week, you'll know that normally my audio quality is a little higher than this, but I appreciate you bearing with me for this very special mobile on the road episode. Direct from the Orient, it's time for the internet marketing fortune cookie. So the first thing I wanted to get to this week was an absolutely fantastic fortune cookie that I got from Payway. Uh, I don't actually consider Payway to be real Chinese food, but I do like it. As an Americanized version of Chinese food, I think it's pretty good, and uh, I really like it because of how fast it is. And they have a big bowl of fortune cookies right there in the restaurant, and when you're getting takeout, you can grab a handful of fortune cookies out of the bowl. I always do that. Now, for those of you that know, I've been on this uh, crazy train with Cliff Ravenscraft diet, for the last 65 days. I've lost over 30 pounds, so I'm not eating any fortune cookies, but I'm certainly reading them. In fact, I'm not eating any rice either. When I order at Payway right now, I'm getting uh, Kung Pao chicken with the protein steamed instead of fried in oil, 
and uh, extra veggies, no rice, to keep those carbohydrates down. That's part of how I've lost over 30 pounds. Anyway, I got this fortune cookie, and it was fantastic. It said, he who hesitates is lost. And I thought, wow, this is truly an internet marketing fortune cookie because as you know, everything that you need to know about internet marketing can be learned from fortune cookies. And so I was uh, curious about where that quote comes from. You know, it's a very popular quote. It was used a ton in the 20th century in popular literature, and it actually dates all the way back to the 1700s, and you can find evidence of this quote being used over and over again, and basically what it amounts to is that in order to be successful, you need to move forward, make progress, make a decision, and do things. And so often in internet marketing, I see people who are just completely indecisive. They can't choose a niche. They can't choose what business model to use. They can't decide what their course outline should be or whether or not to offer a course or which autoresponder to use or whatever. And they fall into this thing that's essentially analysis paralysis. They just absolutely struggle with every decision and it just stretches out the time between when they start and when they have success to be such a long time that eventually they just give up. And so I think one of the questions that you have to ask yourself if you're a solo entrepreneur, especially if you're a part-time solo entrepreneur, is are you hesitating? And is that hesitation going to lead to all being lost? Or are you taking consistent, bold action in your business? You know, a lot of times what I talk about is in order to be successful as a part-time internet entrepreneur, what you need to be doing is doing at least a little something on your business every day, taking consistent action. But this he who hesitates at lost is lost thing also is really talking about taking bold action. And while you don't want to make reckless decisions, I think it's always impossible to have 100% of all of the information that you need. In most cases, you're doing something that you haven't done before. And so you're going to have to take some risk, try something, see if it works out. And if it doesn't work out, what's the big deal? Just go to plan B. And we'd all like to be right all the time. But of course, guys like Thomas Edison tried a thousand different things for the light bulb filament. But uh, finally, after thousands of different attempts, found tungsten and now we have light bulbs. He liked the, the way that that worked out for him. And I think you'll like the way taking consistent, bold action will work out for you in your internet business. Don't be the one who hesitates and finds out later that all is lost. Take bold, consistent action on your business today. It's time to get to work. Building your internet business. One night at a time. Okay, so the next thing that I want to talk about while we're in heavy traffic is a couple of the interesting things 
that I've been reminded about as I built this Shopify store uh, e-commerce business. Now, as you know, I have been working with the 100K Factory Revolution program, and the goal of that program is to build a $100,000 a year business using drop shipping methods, where basically you create a Shopify store, you advertise products that are available for sale at low prices in China, particularly on a website called AliExpress, which is essentially Amazon for China, and then you make an arbitrage play. You mark those items up, market them on Facebook, sell them at a uh, increased price on Facebook, and ship them directly from China to the person on Facebook that bought them on their mobile device or wherever they happen to be watching their Facebook feed. And I have proven, not that this is anything new, that this works. I've actually sold hundreds of dollars in products over the last month. I had a multi-hundred dollar month at, uh, in the month of May, and I'm headed to multi-thousand dollar months in the months ahead. That's the goal. And I am hoping to actually get this revenue stream to six figures all by itself. That's the goal. Now, that's not the reason that I took the course. The reason that I took the course was that I knew in order to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish in my internet marketing business, I needed to get better at Facebook ads. And as I mentioned to you in the after the show segment last week, one of the things that I want to build is a Facebook engine, a Facebook powered funnel that drives traffic to content on my website. There's a content upgrade there that results in an autoresponder and that autoresponder results in the sale of a course. So a four-step funnel like that. I'd like to see if now that I know about Facebook targeting and understand how Facebook advertising works, at least you know at a much, much higher level than I did before, that I'll be able to make that work. And so that's the purpose of that. But in those funnels, one of the most important things is this idea of conversion. And there are conversions at every step of a funnel. So you have the conversion of your ad copy versus your targeting, targeted audience. Are people clicking on the link in your ad and coming to whatever your landing page or other target is? Then, once they get to that landing page, are they doing whatever the conversion action is on that page? For me, that will be a content upgrade. Sometimes that means clicking a button and giving me your email address in exchange for a download. Sometimes that might mean an, a direct email opt-in off a squeeze page. And then there will be conversions on the resulting email series. Are people opening those emails? Are they reading them? And then eventually, what percentage of those people are actually buying the course that I'll be offering in the email series as part of that instruction. And so all of those conversions require optimization. If you're converting at 3% and you can double that, well, you just doubled your money, right? And that's a lot of times can be a relatively inexpensive, high leverage, low hanging fruit sort of way to increase your revenues by working on your conversion rates. Now, there are principles in marketing that marketers have used for decades and decades in direct response marketing 
and in other places to make these things go. And I've been reminded of a couple of these as I've worked on my Shopify store. And I think these are some of the things that you should be keeping in mind as you're trying to sell things, whether you're writing a sales page for the sale of a product, or you're just trying to convert someone to take some action in a blog post. Now, the one that you see all the time is urgency. And what you see in Shopify stores is you'll see statements like, you've gotta act now because supplies may be limited. This is actually a combination in that particular case of urgency and scarcity. So supplies are limited, that's scarcity, and in order for you to keep from missing out on this amazing offer, again, playing on this fear of missing out, you've gotta act now. That's the urgency part. Sometimes you see this implemented as straight urgency where you just have a countdown timer and you say that this offer is limited and it goes away in 27 hours and the countdown timer is ticking. And you know, for digital products or for products where you're drop shipping and there's a limited supply, a lot of times the only reason to introduce scarcity is to increase conversions. I mean, this stuff in China, they're not gonna stop building it uh, just because I've decided that I want some scarcity. This is a kind of a decision that you have to make as a marketer, and sometimes it ends up being an ethical decision because sometimes you're talking about introducing false scarcity. Now for me, in my particular place where I live in the ethics spectrum, I'm never interested in out and out lying about scarcity. I'm never interested in saying that I will be, uh, the sale will be over in 12 hours and then you come back in 13 hours and it's exactly the same price. I believe that if you're going to have a sale like that, you've got to change the price after the end. You've got to take the product off the market after the, after the time expires if you're going to actually do this kind of thing. That's my belief. Not all marketers feel that way and you'll see a lot of marketers who say, hey look, this is just a marketing tactic and you know we're gonna do this and it, the fact that we're not telling the truth to the consumer doesn't really matter. I think it matters to the Federal Trade Commission in the United States. I think it matters to me personally and I think it matters to Facebook as well. Facebook does is interested in the experience of their users. They don't really want to send users off of Facebook in the first place. And so if they do, you can bet they're going to be worried about the actual user experience that their users see. And so I think you've got to make your own decision about scarcity. But whatever you do, I think it's good to add some scarcity into the mix. And I think there's no reason why you can't decide hey, I've got this digital product, I'm offering it $27 for this week, but after this week the price is going up to $37. I don't think there's any reason that you can't do that. Just be sure and really change the price when you're done. That's my recommendation regarding scarcity and urgency. And that has a big impact on physical products as well. And you see this all the time in Amazon. You'll see only three left in stock. And we know a lot of Amazon suppliers, they have a lot more stock available to them, but they're showing you that 
um, just to increase the scarcity and urgency and get you to go ahead and make the decision now. Tons of marketing research for decades and decades has shown if you don't make the research, if you don't make the buying decision now, you're not going to come back later. So that's one thing that Shopify work has reminded me of is scarcity and urgency. Incidentally, there are lots of cool plugins for Shopify that allow you to add countdown timers. And one of the things, for example, that I'm doing in my Shopify store is offering free shipping for a limited time with no specified end date. I do expect that I won't offer shipping forever, free shipping forever, but for right now, free shipping on certain products. And so uh, that's another example of kind of uh, urgency that you can add in by adding some bonus that is planned to go away at some time in the future. Another thing that uh, work on Shopify has reminded me about is the importance of customer testimonials. And this is a highly controversial thing in the e-commerce space because a lot of people are perfectly fine putting in fake customer testimonials. I'll never do that, but one thing that I will do is I will take customer testimonials from the supplier and put them on the website and mark them as having come from the supplier. Have some asterisk or something and say, these are customer testimonials, um, not verified me, but they're, they come from my supplier. And so that's true, and I put those out there. Not too many of those. I think testimonials are much more powerful and legitimate if they come from your real customer. But I think if you document where those testimonials are coming from, I think that's absolutely fine. You're being straight up with the customer. People want to see those five-star reviews. Amazon has conditioned people to, uh, has to expect reviews, to look for reviews. And heck, I even know people, including myself, if I'm in Best Buy and I'm about to buy something, a lot of times I'll scan the barcode and look at the Amazon reviews before I buy the thing in Best Buy. We're just conditioned to expect that, especially here in the United States. And so on your websites and in your products, you need to have testimonials and reviews of your products in order to improve conversion. And that's something that's been driven home for me with regard to working on Shopify recently. And then the third thing that I would say about Shopify that I've been reminded of is that your buy now button needs to have risk reduction. And so we know this from writing sales copy that you want to make sure that the risk of whatever it is that you're doing is eliminated or reversed in the case of a lot of things that we do online where not only do you say there's no risk to you, Mr. Customer, but you say, and if you're not completely satisfied, we'll double your money back or whatever. That's, that's called risk reversal when you actually give the customer something to gain if they're not happy. But for retail, usually what you see is risk reduction. You can do this in a number of ways. One way is to put verified trust seals on your site that say, hey, this site is certified virus-free by McAfee or you know a 100% guarantee seal or whatever or to get some PayPal seals. If you're using PayPal, this is a 100% secure transaction backed up by PayPal, that sort of thing, and make those prominently displayed on your site. 
And then of course, the other thing that you're going to want to do is make sure that you have a really good solid guarantee. In the case of my Shopify store, my guarantee is simply you can return whatever you bought from me for any reason for 30 days after you got it. If you don't like it, you send it back. Now, a lot of people worry about that when they're thinking about e-commerce. They're like, but Mark, people are going to be sending you back all this stuff. Well, here's the deal. For my e-commerce stuff, I'm selling inexpensive products. Generally, everything that I sell costs the customer less than $20. Its retail price is less than $20. And the actual cost to me for the product is usually half of that. And in some cases, less, not including my shipping cost. So I might be selling a product that costs $7, costs me $7 for $14.95 or $19.95. So here's what's going to happen. The customer buys, pays $19.95 for the product. They're not happy for some reason. So they've got to contact me. That means they've got to remember where they bought it, send me an email, at say that they want to return it. I ask them to issue, uh, to, to fill out a form that gets them a return merchandise authorization number. It's just a step that I make them go through because I want to know why they're returning the form, what's wrong with it, attach a picture if you want to, why, why are you returning it? This is the same thing that Amazon does when you want to return something, it asks you for the reason for the return. Then they submit that and I issue them an RMA number with return shipping instructions. They're going to return the part to me. Now they've got to pay two or three or four dollars to ship the product back to me. And probably they only paid 14. So is it really worth it to them in most cases for them to go through all of that hassle and spend five dollars to get 15 back? Usually not. Usually what's going to happen in these cases is people are going to throw the product in the trash and just call it a day. And you know, um, I don't want them to do that. I want them to be absolutely satisfied. But the truth of the matter is the numbers say that most customers are going to be satisfied with what they bought because I'm trying to only sell good stuff. And the few that aren't satisfied with what they bought by the time they go through all of the process of returning it, they're just not gonna bother because their time is more valuable than the money that they'll get back from the return. Now you are going to have a few people that are gonna return something based on principle. You're gonna issue that return in PayPal. Really, all you're uh, really worried about is losing the cost of the product because you're out the cost of the product except for the fact that they're shipping the product back to you. So in some cases, if there was nothing actually wrong with the product, you can actually resell that product as unused, depending on whether or not it's been open. There are some rules around that, or um, you know, use it yourself or give it away or whatever you wanna do. So all is not lost there, depending on what the actual nature of the return is. So, um, but that's another thing that you need to deal with is risk reduction and don't fear that. Give people the opportunity to make a return. What you're gonna find out is that there are a lot fewer returns than you ever possibly imagined and they don't cost you that much anyway. And you know what? If there is a lot, if there are a lot of returns, 
Well, you fix that. Either make the product better, change your terms for when people can return, or stop selling the product altogether. It's not like there's going to be this ongoing thing, this ongoing problem with returns that you can't take actions to correct if you find yourself processing too many returns, no matter what it is that you're doing. And a lot of times in digital products, one of the things we can do about returns is we can improve the quality of the product, improve the quality of the customer support, improve our customer retention email sequence that we have after the product sells, or we can add timed bonuses onto the product that deliver around the time that the, that the um, guarantee expires so that people are incentivized to stick with the product through the return period and that will decrease your returns as well. So th these are three things that I am reminded of by working on my Shopify store, particularly risk reduction and scarcity. I think that is, uh, those are two things that you can use in whatever you're doing online to try and get conversions, make sure that people feel confident and inspired to go ahead and make your purchase to take the conversion action that you want them to take. Other things that I've been working on that are very interesting are experimenting with things like the size of the buy button uh, placement and words in ad copy, uh, colors and other kinds of things that are important in these sorts of conversions, all the traditional split testing things that you normally do. So I hope you find that interesting. I will tell you that this Shopify experience, a couple of things that have come out of this. One is Shopify is just an awesome platform. If you're thinking about doing something that's e-commerce related, you've been trying to decide whether to use WooCommerce or something like that or to use Shopify, unless you have a really, really good reason to stay on WordPress, I highly recommend uh, Shopify. I think that's a really good way to go. Um, the other thing that I've uh, learned from this, the takeaway from my experience has been, I've learned a ton about Facebook ads. In fact, I've now started working on using what I've learned about Facebook ads on my internet marketing funnel. I'll be turning that on in the coming week, next week, and seeing if I can start to really grow the late night internet marketing brand with paid traffic. That's something I've been wanting to do for a long time. And the key to that is being able to pay for that advertising with some kind of conversion. And I now almost have the product ready to do that. And so we'll see how that goes. Um, so that's been a really good experience for me. And I encourage you to diversify your, your business and take some action that will diversify your revenue streams in a similar way. Okay, so that about wraps it up for this week in the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast. Thank you for tolerating my mobile recording studio. I'll be back in the recording studio next week. And until that time, I encourage you to take some exciting action in your business. Because remember, he who hesitates is totally and completely lost. Ciao. You can do it right when it's late at night. You've been listening to the Late Night Internet Marketing Podcast. Be sure to visit latenightpodcast.com today to leave feedback for Mark. Download special bonus content, access the show notes, and more. See you there. Until then. Until then, go and make some great progress on your internet business. One night at a time. One night 
excited about my daughter Pam's graduation. Congratulations to her. I'm really proud of her. She graduated with an international baccalaureate degree in high school from an honors program there. And uh, that's kind of a, a famous high school type program that you can be a part of that gets you some advanced courses of study. And she is attending a well-known business school out of state where she has been accepted to the honors program and we're very proud of her and so we'll be walking watching her walk across the stage today and later this afternoon and just really proud of her she's done really well i had very high expectations for her and she's exceeded all of them so hope you guys are having some happy moments with your kids as well I'll talk to you next week. Bye. Late night internet marketing. Hey, it's Mark again. I wanted to tell you one more time about this absolutely free resource that I have for helping people who are trying to get the big picture for internet marketing actually get started and understand what all their choices are. If that's not you, there's no more content. You can skip to the end. But if you're someone who came to this podcast because you're searching for how to get started online and you just can't cut through all the noise, I get it. That was me in 2007 when I was trying to get started. There were so many people throwing offers at me that I really couldn't even understand what all the different business models were. I couldn't understand how money moved around on the internet. And I couldn't really get a grip on what direction I wanted to go in so I could figure out how to move forward. I've created a free video resource for you just for that purpose at latenightim.com forward slash explain. In several short videos, I just explained to you what internet marketing is all about and what online business is all about and the different options that you have for starting an online business. There's nothing to buy there. You just sign up for access and you get the videos just like that. So if that's interesting to you, or if you know someone who's in the same situation, send them that link late night, forward slash explain. And let me know what you think. I'd love to hear what people are thinking that are in the exact same position that I was in more than a decade ago in 2007. In some ways, it seems like yesterday. And in some ways, it seems like an entire lifetime ago. Again, that's latenightim.com forward slash explain. Late night internet mind.